Did you know that each episode of the Digitally Irresistible podcast is recorded on video? You can access the video by clicking the episode notes on your podcast player. Scroll to the bottom of the notes and click on the video link. Or just visit the iCore YouTube channel. You're listening to the Digitally Irresistible podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people. Brought to you by iCore. Each episode features someone who sheds a little more light on the ins and outs of delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. And now, here's today's guest. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Today's guest is Heather R. Younger. Welcome, Heather. Hello there. Glad to have you, Heather. Good to be here. Heather, you are the CEO and founder of Employee Fanatics. I love that name. You're a, a leading employee engagement, leadership development, and DEI consulting firm. You say that you're on a mission to help leaders understand the power they possess to ensure that people feel valued at work. And that's a powerful mission. Now, you've built your reputation as a champion for positive change in workplaces, communities, and our world at large by delivering clear and purposeful strategies that drive real business results, such as increased employee engagement, loyalty, collaboration, and connectivity. Heather, on this episode, I'm excited to discuss with you key principles that you teach to leaders in organizations from your book, The Art of Caring Leadership. But first, Heather, Let's begin with your backstory. I'm going to ask you to do what you frequently do on your own podcast, the Leadership with Heart podcast, and that is give us your backstory. How did you get to where you are? It's so funny. We can take that so many directions, can't we? <laughs> As I think about caring leadership, though, um, my I am actually born uh, I'm interracial interface. My mom is white and Jewish. My dad is black and Christian. And and in that uh, relationship, there was a lot of pain, and my my mom's parents didn't weren't at all happy about that union, and they, I was really an outcast. My dad and I were both literally the black sheep of the family, but I had this one aunt. I, I will I'll just never forget her to the day I go, and until the day she goes, she always had this way of making me feel like I was included, like. I was an important member of the family, like I was worthy of her care and her attention. And we, when I was nine, my parents moved us from Ohio to Las Vegas, where my dad was going to work at a hotel. And she would send me this large box of eight individually wrapped gifts for every day of Hanukkah. And I would look at that box of anticipation. And I would look at it, though, because it was really, it was a connection for me to the other half of the family that really didn't make me feel all that important or cared for. But she did. She demonstrated to me that she cared. She demonstrated that she was a leader with heart. And to this day, like I said, I'll never forget her. I'll never forget her. And that's how I got here to writing a book on the art of caring leadership and speaking all over the world on that topic. Wow. That's a great story. That's a great story. As I was listening to you, listening to you tell that story, I was really connecting the dots on how she was a leader in your family and she demonstrated caring and love and, and acceptance. And that, that is fantastic. Well, obviously along the way, you've built a, a, a very successful business career. Uh, you work with a lot of organizations, as I mentioned in the introduction, and, and you really help them implement the, the principles in your book, The Art of Caring Leadership. And, and Heather, we have both a, an opportunity and a challenge here in this podcast. And that is that in about 20 minutes or under 20 minutes to really get across 
the key principles of, from your book. And so we've agreed that we would boil it down to three key principles in your book, cultivating self-leadership, making people feel important, and a culture of listening, which is my favorite, by the way. But let's begin with the first one, cultivating self-leadership. Why don't you unpack that for us? That, that, by the way, that culture of listening is my favorite too. We'll talk about that later. But uh, the cultivating self-leadership is so important because often when we think of leadership, we think of leading others. We think we have to do something for someone else first. And my argument is that we need to make sure we fill our, our own cups. We need to make sure we fill up our own selves before we try to do that for other people. And a lot of times we're doing it in parallel. So it, it's not really like a start point a start and a stop point. It's just something that has to be at the front of our day, the beginning of our day, every day. And so the self-leadership would be things like being congruent with what we say we value, being authentically us uh, with, with, um, with some balance there, uh, making sure that we do exercise good self-care. So we're filling ourselves up and having a good, strong, supportive network. Um, those are some of the things that we do when we think of self-leadership. If you think about it, we just cannot give, I always say, are we giving from the dryness or are we giving from the fruitfulness? Are we giving from kind of the, the more positive side of ourselves or from the empty parts? And often that's what's happening at work is that we give from empty parts and our people fill it. So it's important for us to cultivate self-leadership first. Interesting you use the word empty because in my mind, as, you, as I'm listening to you explain that concept of cultivating self-leadership, I'm thinking of a full tank, but the full tank I'm thinking of is the full tank of self, right? To, to have a full tank of self in order to be able to give of yourself as a leader. Yes, absolutely. Someone else gave me, and I borrowed a metaphor of a coffee cup and a saucer, and we pour into the coffee cup and it overflows into the saucer. And we as leaders, caring leaders in development should be giving from the overflow and not from the actual cup. And what happens is that we drink from it, we drink from it, we use it, we use it, and it then becomes dry. And so that's why I talk about not giving from the dryness, but make sure we give from the overflow. Love that. Love that. Okay. The second principle from your book that we agreed that we would unpack is making people feel important. I love this one as well. Why don't you unpack that one for us? Yeah, there's really nothing better we can do for a person than make them feel important. And, and that's, this is just at work period. And it doesn't really, it, it's great if we have a title, but it's not about the title. It's about like who's in our presence at the moment. And if we look at it from a management perspective though, it is how do we um, recognize or show appreciation for those at work? And, and what do we, how do we do that in very specific ways so that they themselves feel appreciated and recognized? There is a stat that was out there a while ago I think it was by Gallup that if someone has not been recognized in the first in the, in seven days, they'll feel like they never have even been appreciated for the work they do. It's kind of a scary concept. It requires a lot from us to make sure that our workplaces are filled with appreciation and gratitude. But that's an important one. And another part of that importance is connection. It's making people feel connection to us, connection to our brand, connection to customer, connection to coworker, and making sure that we insert things in the day as we look at an employee journey, just like we would maybe like a customer journey. Uh, what are the touch points that, that they have and how are they feeling that connectedness? And once they start to feel disconnected, they start to feel um, less like concerned about the organization's missions, less about the tasks and process to be completed. Then they want to do less. Then they start to check out. Then they just leave. So importance is important in the big picture. And how are leaders embracing that principle today? And, and, and I'm thinking specifically because of where we are. We're recording this here, you know, middle part of 2022, Q3, 2022. So if you want to call it somewhat post-COVID, right? How are leaders embracing that 
in the in current times? You know, I, I sense that, that organizational leaders understand they need to do this. How many do it in practice every day more consistently is the question. Obviously, I work above organizations with executive leaders. I work with their team members at all levels as we talk through um, just engagement and even DEI practices. But so I would say organizations understand it. It is the accountability side of things, of measuring people's actual efforts and the effectiveness of those efforts on the tail end that I think most organizations are short on. And, and that's what we try to help with in Employee Fanatics, creating uh, those measure points, those yardsticks, and the ways that they can tell whether their efforts, their thoughts, and then their actions align and whether those efforts actually result in any kind of results that they actually, that their employees need, that their team members need, or even that their customers need. Right, right. Okay, makes sense. The third pillar, as I said, it's my favorite, a culture of listening. Why don't you unpack that one for us, Heather? Uh, I don't know. I, this is a thing that I think about. I think about this all the time and I talk about this, but so I have four children and I think about each of them as they were in their cribs when they were babies and they would make noises through the little monitor and they would just be cooing and it sounds so sweet. And I'd come to their crib side and they'd just be like, ah, right. They just look so happy that mommy came, that daddy came, that somebody came as they use their voice, you know, in the world. And then there'd be times where they would make noises, they'd make noises, they'd make noises, and I wouldn't come, and I wouldn't come for a long time, and I'd hear them throwing things from the crib, and I'd hear them knocking things against the crib. This is innate in us. Our voices are a significant part of what makes us us. And at work, it's no different. If we use our voices and no one's there to respond to those voices, no one listens to us, no one cares about what they've heard, no one responds to the feedback that they've heard, uh, we feel inconsequential at work. We feel like numbers, like cogs in a wheel to achieve an end goal that doesn't have anything to do with our goals. So uh, listening is absolutely critical. And I, I have a, a five-step process to listening. I actually have an upcoming book coming out on this, uh, on the art of active listening. Mm. how people at work feel heard, valued, and understood. And it, it is because I think it is, to be honest, the foundation of all the things we want at work. We want more employee engagement. We want customer satisfaction. We want customer retention. We want higher revenues. If we can't listen to our stakeholders to give them what they want first, we're never going to get there. Exactly. Well, it, it makes people feel important, right? Which was the second pillar, right? Yep. It makes people feel like you actually care. Yep. And then they want to engage with you. I, I, ha I have to say that these principles, whether exactly as you've laid out in the art of caring leadership or, or not, are principles that we embrace at ICOR. I mean, we're in the business of putting people on the front lines, customer facing to the customers that our clients entrust to deal with every day. So helping our 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 agents and the supervisors really understand how how important they are to us as people, not just from the business standpoint, Heather, but as people. It's it's ingrained in our culture, in our DNA. It, this is why I was so excited to have this conversation with you because it just aligns so closely with who we are at ICOR. Mm, it's it's I always like to ask people this question, and so we, you know, if you can think for those who are would be listening to this. How many of you can remember a, a person? It doesn't have to be a manager. It could be a manager, but just a person at work that made you feel like you could do anything, like just bigger than life. They just made you feel like you could accomplish it. They, they appreciated you. They made you feel like what you did every day meant something. And then on the other hand, how many of you can think of the person who made you feel tiny, like a little nothing, like inconsequential to what was happening at work? 
like just a cog to get something done. And here's the question that you have to think about. Which person do you want to be? Because you're going to remember either one of those examples, but do you want to be remembered as the one who made the person feel small or made the person feel like they could do anything? And that's really a choice I think that we all have to make that choice every day. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Heather, before we get to the fun question, uh, let's talk about where can people who are watching or listening connect with you, learn more about what you've got going on, learn more about your book, The Art of Caring Leadership. I would say the first place is LinkedIn. Uh, it is where I spend a lot of my time. My biggest biggest uh, crowd is there, let's say. So if you just look up Heather Younger on LinkedIn, you'll find me there, connect there for sure. Uh, I say the other two places would be my websites. I have one that's Heather, or it's actually employeefanatics.com. And that's F-A-N-A-T-I-X, employeefanatics.com. And then there's heatheryounger.com. Pretty easy, Heather Younger, so just like it sounds. Yeah. Uh, one's kind of a speaking-facing website, and one is the consulting or management consulting firm website. Terrific. Well, our viewers are seeing that on screen right now. Our listeners, uh, you can just scroll down to the show notes, and you'll find links to uh, everything that uh, Heather just shared with us right there. So, Heather, let's get to our fun question, and that is we like to know here on the Digitally Irresistible podcast, when you're not working, what do you like to do for fun? Well, I said earlier, I have four children and I love to hang with them. I call them my crew. So uh, I, and they, interestingly enough, they're teenagers and they enjoy being with me too. So we like to just go on long walks. We might go to the movies. We might try a double, a double header where you watch two movies back to back at the movie theater. Uh, But it's really spending time with them. That's what I do most for fun for me. It fills me up. Fantastic. Love that. Love that. And uh, I have no doubt that you demonstrate the art of caring leadership just as a parent and uh, it's it's just it's in your own DNA, and I love the backstory that you shared with us at the very beginning with the story of your aunt, and how that really just it was the, an early lesson for you of the art of caring as a leader. So, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to share that with us today, and for sharing your wisdom and your experience with us. Thanks so much for having me. It's been awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people, delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. Brought to you by iCore. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss future episodes.